Let's go. Thursday edition of Blaine and Mickey. What's up, everybody? How in the world are you doing on this uh, beautiful winter Thursday? Titans and Bills. Woo. Blaine, we were just, what, a little over two days away? Titans and Bengals. Titans and Bengals. Did I say Bills? Um, yeah, I saw I a tweet know, about, about yeah, I saw a picture of Josh Allen as I was walking in on my Twitter. Titans and Bengals before you freak out out yeah. there. Once again, our director of corrections. Well, I mean, we, we won. So now we won. Well, I mean, <laughs> Bills are going to play somebody the next day. The Bills oh, will play this man. weekend. Titans and Bengals <laughs> on Saturday at 3.30. So what's that, 51 hours and change away? Uh, uh, well, you better at math than uh, me. Well, I'm not good at math, but I know two days I, I is 48 hours. Saturday at, so I saw this. So so let's let's start the show with this. Uh, I saw uh, Ben Arthur. I saw Teron Davenport both tweeted this. Nobody mispracticed today. Nobody. Oh. So yesterday, Jack Rabbit and Derek Roberson. Uh, I saw a tweet actually yesterday from of all people, Ian Rappaport about Jack Rabbit Jenkins, and he said he is expected to play even though he missed yesterday. So nobody mispracticed today. Oh. In the I mean, what is this, 20th week of the season? Uh, last week would have been week 19. The last week of the season was week 18. 20th week of the season. Titans get it ready to play in the divisional round. Um, they have nobody missing practice today on the injury report, but that's certainly good news about Jackrabbit Jenkins because, I mean, you're going to uh, you're gonna need all hands on deck, I would imagine, uh, against this Bengals passing offense. Yeah, no doubt about it. And now, you know, as far as everybody been healthy, well, who are going to be the backup? So who gets to dress and who doesn't? Now it becomes a problem, a good problem. But uh, trying to figure out who's you know going to be the backup and try to calculate where you need extra bodies uh, at each position uh, group is uh, always a great problem when you're a coach looking at it from the Titans. So uh, that'll be kind of interesting on game day to see uh, not only you know the starters, we all know who those guys are, but uh, who who is going to get to dress. I mean, you know. Man, that's pretty unique at this time compared to what they've been going through with 91 guys playing. It's crazy. (laughs) It's absolutely crazy that 91 guys played, and the week that they play their first playoff game, which is the second week of the playoffs, nobody mispracticed on Thursday before Saturday game. That's unbelievable. Now, Derrick Henry, we haven't gotten the email yet that he's made an active uh, so he's still in that window. And right so, till Friday at 3, right? I have to make the announcement by tomorrow afternoon. That's right. So the Titans tweeted this out earlier. 91 players, a league high. Of course, that broke the record for the non-strike year of 87 when everybody had like a full team replacement of players. But what the Titans also tweeted out today, and I wanted to make a note of this just because it goes back to something you said, I don't know, probably six weeks ago that I'd never thought of. The Titans had... They tied with the Jags for the most offensive participants this year at 39. They did have the most defense by far. They had 43. Next was Texans and the Jets. And they tied for the most people to play special teams, 78, also with the Jets. Here's the thing you brought up, I don't know, like I said, six weeks ago. All these dudes, everybody, even the backups, have all played big minutes because they had to. Mm -hmm. So, as you said, so that means as everybody gets healthy, you still have so many experienced players to take into the postseason because all these dudes right. had 39 players played offense, 43 played defense, 78 different guys played on special teams. So it's not like you're going to be sticking somebody out there on Saturday who go, oh, now tell me again, how do I do this? Right. Well, you, you're probably going to lean towards, and I'm trying to figure out who, you know, the mindset of most coaches is who has more experience, whether it's just playing time or even 
playoff playing time yeah. uh, because it is different with, with the speed of the game and the sense of urgency and everything else. And, uh, you know, you just have experience means a lot when it comes to the playoffs. So you do you go with an older guy that maybe is not as talented as a younger player, but he understands uh, what needs to get done and how to accomplish it. So uh, it's always, like I said before, you know, it's a good problem, but – it's going to be a tough problem because somebody's, you know, there's going to be some guys standing there. You go, man, he he could help us out. Yeah, and you can only have so many players. I wish they would change the the rule. I've, I've been a big proponent on how many guys can dress. Uh, man, I really want to get that number boosted up too to like sixty or something. <laughs> I know that's not like college or anything else, but the, you know, I guess it's the way you know the NFL wants it, where you have to navigate through that yep. to see if you can perform at a high level, and and I guess that's a competitive. Uh, way about going about it, but I, I want to have choices. I, I want to think like a coach. I want to have all available on deck, even if you're you're only going to probably have maybe ten guys outside of line backup linemen that are just standing there mm-hmm. on the sideline yep. that don't get in at all. So I don't think that's a lot at all. It's funny because we were having this discussion about Derrick Henry before week eight, week eighteen. And, and somebody called in and said, "You know, let him get like three or four plays just to get hit." And and you and you said, "Okay, but that's a roster spot for a guy to play four plays or three. Yeah. You you don't have that luxury in the NFL. You just can't do it. But if you had those extra spots, as I was mentioning, you then you can do it. Right. Well, yeah. to me, it, and and you were a player, and you know people who've represented the players. Part of the deal with going to seventeen games, I know they got to expand the practice squads and all that, but that was more because of COVID." My, my thing would have been like, if we're going to play 17, we all know where the train is ultimately headed. It's headed to 18. Then it's ultimately going to head to 20, and we're just not going to play any preseason games. Expand the rosters to 60 people and let, you know, 50-something. Let, you know, what what is it now? Uh, 48 uh, are active on game day, and, and you have 53 on the roster. Expand the roster to 60 and let 55 people be active. Or just come up with a better number because – the fact that coaches are still having to juggle specific positions as far as who's inactive on game day. And I'll tell you, it's going to be real in, it, with everybody healthy. And I think you were hinting at this when we started. It's going to be real interesting to see who's inactive on, on Saturday. Because Jayon Brown was inactive the last time they played and he was healthy. Oh, yeah. He was sitting on the sideline, chopping it up, having <laughs> conversations and everything. He was real comfortable. You know what's so bad? That's the difference between an OG like myself and the modern, I'm not going to say Jayon Brown, but all of the guys are, I'm pissed off that I'm not dressed. Yeah, I am not happy. I would have had mug face over there. Like, oh, this, I would have been looking at this game, seeing everything that I need to do to make sure I dress. I'm playing. I'm sorry. I'm, this is, uh-uh. That, and that, that, that's the, the competitive nature. I mean, some guys do it differently. You know, they can sit over and chop it up and, and then, uh, you know, at practice get it. But no, I'm not that guy. No, I know I deserve to be out there. I've earned it, and I know I can play, and I, I want to be out there. And not unless I was unhealthy, uh, then I, I could accept that. But that that is not fun. This is not where I want to be because I'm looking down the road. I'm going, hmm, I wanna, I'm a free agent after this year if I'm Jayon Brown. Mm-hmm. Nah, bro, I don't want that tape show me on the sideline with no uniform on. Mm-mm. He'd probably be like, well, if I'm only going to play five plays, why why should I be dressed? Guess what? Because I'm going to be five plays on fire out there. And guess what? There's always a possibility that I get into the game with uh, the way this game is built and injuries is always part of this game. So, yeah, you dress, you play. Yeah. You you may be going more than you think. So I, I, I wouldn't have been a happy camper. 
I wouldn't have been a happy camper the next day, the day after, the after that, all the way up to the next game. That's that's how I was. And, and most guys are that way. But I can say this, the OGs. Yeah, this generation here, like, oh, well, oh, well, my check's still the same. <laughs> I don't care about no freaking check. I care about I'm on that field balling. I'm a baller. Like, that's that's the way. And I'm sure he thinks that way. It's just that, you know, I, he, he just dealt with it differently. Yeah. Different personality. Yeah. It, it, that next practice on Wednesday, them guys would have thought it was a real game when I was out there. They would have thought it was a real game. Yep. They were like, dang, man, what's going on? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> what's up with you? <laughs> oh. I, but I didn't see... 55 on the field. That not happening there again. So you about to see 55 all over the practice field today? Yep. And then I'm about to hit everything. They're going to have to boot me. They're going to be like, man, we got to play him, man. You see what these dudes doing? Yeah. They would have been mad. Hey, yeah. They would have had to take me out, man. They'd be like, hey, man, you may hurt somebody or hurt yourself. Right. Cool, like, nah. cool off. Yeah. No, we're no cool off. <laughs> this is us how I play. Yeah. No, I'm saying like, hey man, go go yeah. ahead. You you done today. Yeah, you done today. Yeah, you, yeah. you good work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they say, like, what's going on? Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah, you just watched the tape. Did you see me? What tape? Not a practice. I didn't see myself in that game. I had to sit through a three hour meeting and I'm not in the game. Matter of fact, I'm not in- dressed. No. That and that's the one thing that is hard to take as a professional athlete. Once you had a taste of being a starter and playing or even a special teamer and you're playing a lot and you're participating, that is hard to sit there and be not dressed and you're not injured. That that you can hear it in my voice. That that would that that would just be sickening for me. He'd yeah. been a starter. Yeah, man, that that, that would not man, I <laughs> I don't know how much I could stress it enough, man. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been too happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's get one. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Let's get yeah, that, that man. They just ah. Once you got that taste of starting, you've been a starter for a year or two. You'd be like, man, this is some BS here, man. <laughs> what the heck is going on, Lucas? I know we got Elijah Molden who's set to join us. Do we need to go ahead and take our break to get him? Or can we take oh, this call? He said we can take one. Let's get Heather from Ohio then, real quick on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Hey, Heather, how you doing? I am wonderful. How you doing this afternoon, sir? Yeah, we're fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, I wanted to say this that um, I am so excited for this game on Saturday, and and I know everybody is going to be hyped up because I cannot wait to see number twenty-two. Come into the stadium, and everybody say, Henry, 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 22 is on its way onto the field. And also, I want to see the Tennessee Titans do what they're supposed to do. It's going to be a rematch between the Bengals and the Titans. Because the last time when we played against the, uh, the Bengals, I don't know what's going on with that game. But I tell you one thing, they are in a house. The Titans is going to rock the stadium mm. on the 22nd. Yes, they are. Also, yeah, and also, I want to say is that Coach Brable has done an amazing job with the team mm-hmm. and the staff. 
But there's one thing. There's one thing I want to say this to offense coordinators, Ty Dolly's. He better not screw this game up. <laughs> Heather, thank you for the call. Thank you. Mm, <laughs> she ends uh, with the party shot. It's on down. I thought she was going to call a Super Bowl win or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yes, I did that. That took a dark turn at the end. Todd Downing, don't you screw this up. From very positive Heather. All right. Very positive Elijah Mulder will join us next. We'll talk to the Titans DB. That's coming up on Blaine and Mickey. Play fake, standing in the end zone. He's trouble. He tries to left hand it out. It's intercepted by Molden. Touchdown, Titans. Blaine and Mickey, 1045 the zone. Woo, man, that's got me fired up. And you know what? The guy who scored that touchdown is on the other end of the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline right now. Elijah Molden joins us. Elijah, how in the world are you doing, man? Welcome into the show. Man, I'm doing great. Appreciate y'all having me. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, <laughs> this has been the longest season in NFL history. It's been the longest one. Let me ask you, uh, as a rookie, how are you feeling after your rookie season being the longest one in history? No, it, it definitely feels like it, especially with the um, with the COVID season last year. I only played four games last year, so going from that to preseason <laughs> yep. wow. plus now, it's like if I don't have a, a one day at a one day at a time type of mentality, then it gets overwhelming. So I just take it one day at a time. So we heard that highlight, which was such a fantastic play by yourself and really, you know, your defensive teammates forcing the pressure and just everything that went down on that. But let me ask you, did you have a a welcome to the NFL moment this year? A lot of rookies talk about that, like, okay, this is when it really hit me. Um, I mean, really it was like probably, you know, probably like the, early in the season because the you know going to preseason everyone was do i was doing well and you know i was I was going against guys but you know it wasn't like boom right off the bat you know you got you're going against starters in arizona you're going against russell wilson blah 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 so it was like baptism by fire that's the way i look at it <laughs> and um I'm, i mean i'm really glad it happened i know i know it kind of jump-started um my career and i'm excited for for uh learning and growing well, it seemed like as soon as you started to get your chance, though, we saw you immediately start to make plays. So, you know, whatever nerves, whatever there might have been, you just jumped right into the fire and literally started making plays immediately. Yeah, I mean, no, the nerves are still there, thankfully, too, because, like, that's what allows me to uh, be instinctive and, and make plays. I just got to trust myself and, and to go out there and make them. Elijah Molden, our guest, Titans defensive back. You can follow him on Twitter at Elijah Molden 24 well, Elijah, man, thanks for coming on. I guess, you know, firstly, did you set any goals? I, You know, I know I set, you know, minor goals, and I kind of exceeded those goals coming in. I just wanted to be a special team guy and, and then mm-hmm. eventually get up playing a little bit more. Did you have any goals coming to the season? Maybe after you did, like, uh, you know, uh, mini camp, and then once you got to training camp, you say, oh, these are the things I need to work on. So then you came back a little more prepared for the NFL game. You know, I, I think so. I, I keep a lot of my personal goals just to myself. Uh-huh. Um, I just that's just something I've always done. I feel like if I, if I talk about them, then part of, part of me kind of, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's not it's not as special. You know what I mean? So, um, but in terms of just kind of like the broad goals I set for myself, I wanted to like help the team any way I could, and and um, 
you know, like, just keep on developing my role. I wanted to get better throughout the season. I feel like I've been doing that. Mm, I appreciate that answer, Elijah, man. I appreciate it. A lot of people always ask me this, uh, you know, parents, and that is uh, when you're playing defensive back, kind of give us a hint into the the psychology of it. Uh, When you get beat for a play or a touchdown, tell us how you kind of process that information and able to come back and then make a play maybe the next series or so. Kind of take people through what you do to help you be uh, as good of a player that you are. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just remind myself that, like, the game is really long, you know what I mean? And and also the best players in the in the game have gotten beat, you know what I mean? You're never going to have a, a perfect a perfect game, a uh, perfect season. So, you know, after those plays, which are inevitable, it's like there's, yeah. there's still a lot of ball left to go out there and kind of make up for it. Um, and, yeah, it's easier said than done, too, you know what I mean? As, mm-hmm. as a competitor, we like to kind of hold on to that and, and uh, you know, run it, run it over in our minds. But ultimately, I feel like if we, if you ruminate on it, then it'll affect your your playmaking ability in the future. Has it the game uh, slowed at some part of the season for you? When I know he talked about the aha moment, but like for me, I got in the game. It took me about two or three games for where I felt like, uh oh, the game feels like college now. I'm now I'm about to take off, and it's exactly what happened. And sometimes it never really happens. You're always kind of mm-hmm. fighting against it. Uh, did that ever happen to you where you realize it starts slowing down for you? Yeah, I feel like not. It didn't necessarily slow down. It's just I got faster mentally. Got you. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. kind of, especially like playing playing nickel or, or safety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you always have to have your head on a swivel. It's kind of like it's kind of like juggling. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. be able to adapt and, and be flexible. So um, that's just something that. Kind of ha- having that analogy as like a you know you're juggling multiple mm-hmm. uh, possibilities and situations that that has helped me. Yeah, processing a lot of information and getting all your tea leaves together and going through your checklist immediately at a drop of a hat mm-hmm. is exactly what you're talking about, and that's what great players have that can do that and think on their feet and quickly. By the way, especially being a defensive back when it's the hardest position on the field physically, I guess. Mm-hmm. Break down lastly for me. Uh, give us uh, a little bit about. Cincy's passing game and what you have to do to be effective. Yeah, I mean, obviously they play with a lot of confidence for good reason. You know, they've been, they've been lighting up the league, um, so we you know we know it's a big challenge for us, and they're going to give us a lot of opportunities just f- just from how much they throw the ball. Um, you know, with that being said, they can also run it. They got you know they got a great running back over there, so um, it's a challenge that we you know we're prepared for, and you know we've been we've been doing our thing since. You know, since we got the uh, since we got the uh, information that we were playing them earlier in the week. Mm. Oh, I can ask you one more thing. They were talking about walk walk off music and everything else. If you were playing a song for you when they call you in the starting lineup, what would be your song? Mm-hmm. Do you have one? Man, I don't have. You, you oh, gotta get back give to me, me come on. <laughs> well, just give. Uh, a, well, well, give us something you listen to in the locker room, maybe to you know relax you or whatever you do to before a game. No, I, w- I was just talking to um. Man, someone about this like I don't really even listen to music. I don't listen to music a whole lot right now because it's always playing in the locker room. Like I don't have. To, oh, got you, got you, got you. Find, I don't have to find these songs because KB's always got you know the speaker going. <laughs> ah, there you have it. Well, with Elijah Molding and Divas are back for the Tennessee Titans. It it seems like there's such great chemistry in that defensive back room, and and, and I've heard different guys talk about how they've been helped by other guys throughout this year. 
But what's it like to join a room like that full of so many veterans and, and to have guys who are, you know, helping and passing on knowledge and, and, and being such good teammates? Oh, it, it's made so it's made all the difference. You know, I think there's so many people I can, I can just talk about within that room. Um, but it just all goes back to trust. You know what I mean? I think we, we trust one another and then um, – just you know what I, I just I ask a lot of questions whether that's from, <laughs> um, you know Buster or KB like they all have a, a different perspective and um, they're just so willing to help and and um, I, I've definitely felt that chemistry go up throughout the year. Elijah Molden, our guest Titans defensive back. You, you mentioned Buster. Uh, Elijah, you guys had ninety-one dudes who played in games yeah. this year for this team. How were you guys able? Because sometimes a guy just came off the couch, and then and then some in some cases just started. How have you guys been able to acclimate guys out there in the lineup and then play effectively for you? Well, I think you know Buster. He's played for such a long time in the league that he, you know, he's able to he's able to come into a new system like ours and still play fast, just because he's seen a lot of football and you know a lot of times when. A lot of times in the league, it's like stuff repeats itself. It's just kind of different verbiage for the same thing. So he, I mean, the way he kind of like um, came in and started contributing right away, it was like, you know, that that was it was, it was definitely something to um, to admire from my perspective. Well, and he seems like you, and that he's a very versatile player. That's got to be something you take pride in. That you can really go out there and play multiple roles in the defense. Yeah, and. And he's helped me with that a lot too. Like he's helped me um, break down different, you know, different techniques and different situations. So he he's been a, a veteran who's like I, I can tell in a couple of years looking back, you know, um, I'll try and be a veteran like him. Elijah Molden, our guest here on Blaine and Mickey talking some Titans football ahead of Saturday's game against the Bengals. Well, Elijah, I, I know you're a West Coast guy, so do your yeah. does your family uh, get you get over here to watch a lot of games? You have to get tickets for a lot of games, or they just kind of come randomly when they have free time. I'm trying to no, give me some yeah. tickets, man, just in case you got <laughs> your copy. No, all right, no. no, don't don't go. You'll resell them for a lot of money then. Uh, no, I uh, yeah, my my mom she manages. She's been out here a couple times, really. So she's coming out again with my my uh, my two youngest siblings. They're eight and eight and eleven. So. They don't appreciate the game as much as um, right. as much as my older siblings, but they're they're looking forward to coming. So they they get in tomorrow morning. Ah, well, that's pretty cool to get that kind of support. I was wondering, man, what's the loudest game you've ever played in? And it could be in college. I mean, it could mm-hmm. be in high school if it was. And the reason why I ask that because I think this stadium is going to be rocking like it was back in my day, and you couldn't right. even hear each other, especially on defense. So. I want to hear the loudest game you played in, and what issues mm-hmm. did it have, and did y'all create some hand signals out there? Yeah, I, I probably say, you know, in college, like a lot of those stadiums, they got the way it's built. It's like a like a dome, so mm-hmm. the, so it echoes. So Austin is really loud, and then we had a game versus Stanford at home that was really loud. Um, but in terms of at at home, there was I think the Bills game this year got really loud. Um, and then the Seahawks game away as well. I gave you four answers, but no, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, the noise we can bring on Saturday. That always helps the defense. Right. Talk, uh, talk a little bit about that, how that helps, and also how it may can hurt 
to a certain extent if you if you view it that way. Uh, because for me, it was, you know, always like, man, I can't hear the checks. I can't hear what they're saying. You know, the quarterback is up here. You know, you start, you know, stealing some of the information uh, when you're out there. So there's also yeah. issues like that. Yeah, well, I think kind of what we were talking about earlier, like in terms of the chemistry being built throughout the year, now like a lot of the times I'll I'll know what um, KB or Imani are, are, are make. I know their checks before they even have to make them. Mm-hmm. So we're on the same page a lot of the time. And then in terms of like what that does to an offense, you know they can they can jump off sides or, or kind of um, you know miscommunication errors and stuff like that. All right, before we let you go, I have to do this. I don't know if you can even simulate this in your mind. Let's just use the uh, the interception versus the Colts. Mm-hmm. Go through when you lined up everything that you communicated and what you were thinking before the ball was snapped, and then take us through the play, and then what happened, and then you intercepted and went and ran for a touchdown. It was easy. So kind of take us through all that's going through your mind. Just as fast as I'm talking, that's about as fast <laughs> as you think, and I know it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I was like a tech, like a money linebacker during right. that play, yep. so yep. the nickel's usually the one who's doing a lot of the communication. So I just lined up opposite of him. Uh, I, I looked at the formation and saw that my guy, we were in man coverage, so he was – Close to the to the offensive lineman, I knew he was going to end up chipping. I wouldn't have to really cover him too far down the field. So he chipped, and then I saw Bud and everyone else have pressure on him. I saw a lineman start to get out and try and block me, so I knew it was a version of a screen. Made a miss, and then saw um, the ball up in the air, and that was it. And it all happened in five seconds. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. So when you jump for the ball, you're like, "Oh man, there it is! Oh, I'm gonna go get it!" You, I mean, you that's not you were just like, "Oh, there's the ball! I'm gonna go get it." I, well, I got punched right in the stomach. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I made the play and like I wanted to celebrate, but like I I really couldn't breathe. It was it was so horrible. <laughs> oh okay, yeah. Well, there you have it. There's Elijah Molden, quick on his feet and uh, uh, moves just as fast. And uh, he just make sure he doesn't want to get punched in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I, I did want to ask you this before you go. I, I looked, your dad had a great NFL career. A lot of people certainly remember him, Alex. Um, he only got to play in two postseason games. Has he kind of told you about the significance, like what a big deal this is, that even as a rookie you're going to get to suit up and play in the NFL postseason? Oh, 100%. He just says how lucky I am. Mm. Like he, you know, he played for you know teams that weren't, like you said, they – most of the time, he he wasn't playing on like winning teams. I think he one of his only um, playoff win was with Coach Hazlitt, who's here now. So we've yeah. we've kind of had fun talking about it. But um, no, I mean he just says you know take it all in, soak it up. Like it's not it's not like this for everyone, especially your rookie year. Well, did they give you any hints though that how the postseason, the playoffs, the game speeds up a little bit even faster? Has somebody yep, told that, you that? Yeah, he he did. He said he was like. For whatever reason, everything is just, you know, everything happens quicker. Uh, everyone's more efficient. And there, there's just a different um, underlying feeling. I feel like you can even just feel that from watching at home. So, All right. Uh, one last one before we go. I know fans are super excited about the return of Derek. Not just him, Elijah. The team, I guess, didn't have anybody who missed practice yesterday. It's got to be exciting to see the team as healthy as it is right now. Uh, and maybe there is a little bit of a of a of a pickup, maybe a pick me up to see a, a guy like Derek able to come back and contribute. Yeah, I think you know, I think of course he gives a lot. He gives a, he gives us a lot of confidence on both sides of the ball. Just uh, you know the type of leader he is, and 
um, his presence on the field, you know. So, you know, we this is definitely a week where, you know, it's sudden death. So, um, you know, people say the season's a marathon, but right now it's just it's a sprint every week. So uh, I'm going to go out there and sell out. Well, we hope to see you. Hope to see you guys sprint to a win on Saturday. It's been a lot of fun watching you play, and uh, great getting to know you a little bit on the air today. Thank you, buddy, and uh, best of luck on Saturday. Right. Good luck, man. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. No, thank you both for having me. Appreciate yes, sir. It. And hey, happy upcoming birthday. We understand you're about to be 23. Uh, what next weekend? So uh, happy early yeah. birthday. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, thank sir. You. Elijah Molin. Follow him on Twitter at Elijah Molden 24. That'll get it for you. Titans defensive back. Blaine, a really versatile guy, which I know that's something you, you know, you started out your career. Yeah, uh, kind of just like that. Kind of just, just like that. that. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, how can I get on the yeah. field and how can I help? Yeah, yeah, playing the, he called it the you know, linebacker, dime linebacker. We just call it the dime position, which you're the, you know, and that's how you get in and, you know, show your worth. And uh, playing against a lot of the tight ends, covering the tight ends. Guys are a lot bigger than you, so yep. you learn all the cheats and holds and everything else around the way. So they're <laughs> trying to bully you and everything else. And you got to, be, you know, be tough and you have to think quick. A lot of guys aren't quick thinkers yeah. at certain positions. Uh, some, you just have to have it. So there's a lot of communication going on. And you already have to know where to be looking uh, when the ball snaps. Uh, why you're still communicating. you got to get to this comfort level. That's why I always talk about when they say, oh, we're just going to put you at the nickel. Like, anybody can play that because you're kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Right. You know, you're not a safety. You're not a linebacker. and You're not a corner. You're really all of those things combined, uh, let alone you have to be really sharp and a smart f- football IQ has to be off the charts. Well, it's funny because when they drafted Christian Fulton, people said, well, They'll just stick him in the nickel. Well, yeah. no, not not yeah, not 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 necessarily. Yeah. And he got asked about it early on in his career. He's like, uh, it, "There's a lot going on in here." See, See? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now you had to practice it, not to yeah. say that he couldn't yeah. do it, right? Oh but no, he's, but he's, he's a talented like, cat. But yeah. he said, hey, "Man, hey, hey, that's a different ball." Because fans think, "Well, it's just corner. It's yeah, nickel it's corner. And it's, it's the same. You're thing. just guarding the slot." No, oh, no, you get the blitz. <laughs> yeah. You 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 know, you really are linebacker because they take the will linebacker out and you in there. So guess what? Some teams do. Oh, yeah, I just took out, let's give it an example. Just took out Keith Bullock. Right. And then now you bring in, you know, uh, you know, Elijah Molden. Oh, we're going to run right, right at, at him. him. <laughs> right at him. We're going to see if he yeah. uh, really wants to play the nickel. <laughs> you know, so, you know, they check right to you. You you hear it and you're like, uh-oh, here they come. So you better go face it. So you're going to have a guy that's, you know, 5'10", 205 in the spot where a guy who was 6'4", 255 just vacated. Yeah. Like, have at it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's We're going to pull a guard right at you. Well, and actually, Bullock never came off the field. But, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, but I just was just trying to give you an example. people know. Right, yeah. Right. He, he was like, well, if I'm going to go there, then I'm going to move on to the middle linebacker and I'm about to be Mr. Monday night. But there <laughs> has to be some thought like, Am I? Uh, is my insurance license current? You know, uh, yeah. what did I major in? When you see a guard running at you on a pull play, like, okay, little fella. Yeah, yeah. That, Welcome that, to the fun zone. Well, I used to try to play the mental games like, hey, man, how's your knee doing? <laughs> He's like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> is that an implied threat? Yeah, I'm telling you, uh, watch out for your knees because uh, there's no way I'm going to let you just, like, run over right. me. I, I have nowhere to go. I, I have to fill this gap. So... I want to use you or me, so I'm just making sure I use my shoulder pad, not my temple or my head, so I won't get concussed. So, yeah. Yeah, that happened all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we were going to use that same technique or uh, scheme uh, versus the Rams in the Super Bowl. The first time we played them, we did this 8DB package where we played the entire game, and I was in the box playing that dime safety spot. 
mm-hmm. because of the you know other players that we had. So I was the guy, and I told him after that game, we will never be having me in there doing that for an entire game. Yeah, yeah, because I, you you check the slot, then you check the running back. Right. I mean, so it was just like, and then they checked to runs all day. My my neck, my traps, they were knotted up like ever before. I couldn't even turn my neck after the game. They're like, you okay? No, nah, do I look okay? <laughs> no. Who else on that defense, though, would you have said, if not me, stick him in there, though? Uh, well, they used a veteran the next time, uh, Stevie Jackson. Mm. Yeah, so they used a vet guy. Stevie you know, J was, was looking at you like, player. oh, yeah, you going to throw me in here? Yep, yeah, he was. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I said, I'm back there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back there, man. I beat up, man. I was like, hey, I sold too. I said, hey, man, I still have a cast on my thumb, man. How can I do anything down there, man? They were like, oh, yeah, get up back. You used that cat. Used that cast sometimes. It was, it was, a, it was a weapon. A, yeah, it was only you know only on my thumb by that time. It had gotten smaller and smaller each day. Yeah, but people don't realize I played with a cast on my in that Super Bowl and on my thumb. Is it thumb cast to your wrist? It was real small. I was so elated that I could make it have it that small for the Super Bowl. See, you never knew that, huh? You must have had it taped up. I don't even remember. No, it was a thumb cast. Just thumb cast. Yeah, it was just for the thumb, and it went around over to my waist. I mean, my wrist. <laughs> my waist. I wish my waist was that small. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to check out uh, pictures of Blaine's thumb cast in this break. But when we come back, <laughs> hey, so. Willie McGinnis, Lucas Ooh. was uh, hot on the dialing fingers this week. He got a three-time Super Bowl winner, Mike Vrabel's former teammate. Willie McGinnis will join Big us Will. Next. Big Will. That's next on Blaine and Mickey. Yeah, big will, man. Yeah, USC guy. USC guy, man. He was all over the place. Former teammate of Mike Vrabel. Oh, man. I want. You know what? I, you just made me think of a question just now. I have to ask him first, too, man. Well, here he is. Just fire away. Willie McGinnis, NFL Network, three-time Super Bowl champ, joins us now on Blake. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, big will, man. I appreciate it, man. It's Blaine, man. I, I just thought of this question. Man, Mike Vrabel, you were his teammate, naturally. I won championships and everything else. But he played tight end. I'm trying to figure out, Will, why you didn't get to play tight end. Well, well first of all, he didn't play tight end. He well, I, had right. a role. It rolled. He, he had, had a role. role. I'm sorry. He had as, a role. Like, you see linemen out there lining up in a tight end <laughs> right. position, but they're not tight end. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, they never gave Mike me the role. Mike was a good athlete, and, and Mike kind of uh, partitioned his way. You know, he kind of politicked his way in doing that. And we tried it in practice, and it happened. You know, he looked good at doing it. So we was like, what the heck? Let's do it. And Mike ended up having, I don't know, close to 10 touchdowns, man, um, um, for us. But that was never something I wanted to do. So ah. I stayed in my lane and did and did what I you know what I needed to do on the other side of the ball. Oh yeah, no doubt about it, man. First round pick, doing it all. We're on with Big Will, Big Willie McGinnis uh, from NFL Network, NFL Total Access. Man, I love watching you guys chop it up on there, man. And you guys have me cracking up. You guys do a great job, man. I'm just I got to ask you your first. My first question to you about football will be. 
Will he or won't he? I stole it from you, and I know this is John. This is you. This is your name. Will he or won't he? Will Derrick Henry, the King, rush for more yards than Mixon? I think so. I think you know. I think your defense, man. Your your front seven is stout, and since the bye week, if I'm not mistaken, you've only given up 53 yards per game rushing. So. Um, Autry, you know, and, and Simmons and Dupree and, you know, the guys you guys got up front, along with the linebackers, you know, Evans and Landry and, and all those guys, they do a, a really good job, man, at winning the one-on-one battles and stopping the run. And I think that's where it starts, you know, playing with Rabel and the school where we come from and the way we were coaching, if you don't win the trenches, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to be a long day. So I think it starts up front with stopping the run. And then everything else goes from there. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're on with uh, Willie McGinnis from NFL Network. Talking about in the trenches, I want to ask you a personal question. And when you played, who was the best offensive tackle you faced? It doesn't have to be a Hall of Fame player. It could be a couple guys. Because, you know, every player has a player that gives them issues. It doesn't have to be a Hall of Fame player. You're just like, man, that guy, for whatever reason, he knows my counters and everything else. Who was that guy, man? I'm, I'm sure the list is long, but just give a couple guys. One of the guys who, who knew a lot of the stuff that I did, man, was, was Willie Anderson, who's, who was ah, up to the yes. Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But, um, from the Willie, Bengals. Willie used to study me, yeah, from the Bengals, and, and Willie knew. And, man, Willie was huge, long arms, great feet. And he knew, you know, he, he used to study like I studied him. So I get him with something, and the next time we play, he counter, he know what was going on. But just remember, I can't disrespect the tackles I played against. Right. I played against Jonathan Ogden, Hall of yep. Famer, Willie Rofe, Tony Baselli. Yeah, I can go all the way down the mm-hmm. line, man. I played against some of the best tackles to ever do it. So um, a lot of respect to those guys, a lot of battles. Um, but, you know, Willie was the guy who kind of knew because he, 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 he watched. He watched it. He, you know, he watched tape. He was a student of the game. He kind of knew what was going on. Well, naturally, you talked about in the trenches and, you know, we the OGs and that's how the style was when we played and everything else. But that's that's what Vrabel and that's what the Titans style is. Do you think this style, which is the same style when I played uh, for the Titans, can win a Super Bowl with all these throwing around the yard and having fun and all the fun offenses? Do you think this style can win it? Who won a Super Bowl last year? Oh, I thought it was the Patriots. No, just kidding. <laughs> Y'all always win. Uh, I mean, you don't know it was the Bucks. It was the Bucks. Yeah, I know. It was the Bucks. Yeah. What did the Bucks do to the Kansas City offensive line in the trenches? Mm. Mahomes couldn't get a pass off. Yeah. They could not run the yeah. ball. They could not mm-hmm. do anything. Devin White, David, yeah. their guys up front, Big Sue, Vita Bay, JPP, Barrett, they dominated. They dominated. Yep. They cannot – Kansas City, as explosive as they were, they cannot generate any type of offense. Mahomes could not get settled in the pocket as good as he is and still made plays. He just couldn't get any rhythm to get anything going. Um, look what the 49ers went down to Dallas and did. Mm-hmm. That was a physical beating. They ran the ball. They averaged the ball, what, 38 times for almost 170 yards? Yep. Look what they did to Dak. Five sacks, 14 quarterback <laughs> hits. Like, I mean – you tell me. I don't care how good you are on the outside. Yeah. I don't care how explosive you are. If you can't protect, if you can't run the ball, and 
if you can't get the ball to those weapons, it really don't matter, to be honest. It just don't. So the game starts in the trenches. If you can't protect or affect the packet, I don't think you got a chance. We're on here with uh, Willie McGinnis, keeping it real from NFL Network. I see a lot. Remember when he, you know, they were doing the, the, the timeout, the possession thing with the yes, field goal. And the yes, yes. Oh, when yeah. They, when they play, where do you think Mike got that stuff from? Um, there were a lot of rules incorporated, you know, when we played because of how well Bill knew the game and how well he knew the rule book. And I think, you know, playing with Mike, Mike was always a student of the game. and was always smart and always said he wanted to coach when he was done. Mm. So I think, you know, observing what goes on, understanding, reading the rules, you know, being up on all that stuff and being smart. Um, Mike knows, Mike knows all, all those different things. He understands that. Um, he was also a part of a lot of the formation things, you know, that happened. Um, as far as, you know, where guys are lined up, the field goal rule that they just changed, where guys' feet can be. Like, Mike understands and knows. Like, it's all about preparation. It's all about knowing, you know, the rules. It's all about putting guys in position and when it's the little fundamental things. It's technique. Mike comes from that school and understands that and knows. Willie, for a lot of people who look at the Titans, they say, well, it's their quarterback play. It's Tannehill. That's why I don't think they can win. That seems to be a – a large narrative nationally. Where where do you fall on Ryan Tannehill and what you think he can do leading this team to victory? I think he's done a great job of leading this team for victory, but I also know that um, there's a certain style that he has to play um, in this certain system that they expect him to play. I don't expect him to go out and throw the ball 40 times a game, um, you know, every single game. But if he has to do that, I think occasionally he's capable of doing it but he has to have the weapons at his disposal. We saw what Ryan Tannehill looked like when A.J. Brown was injured. Julio was hurt without Derrick Henry. The turnover spiked up. He was a little careless with the ball. He had too much on his plate, I believe, you know. But the system that he's in, the program he's in, great defense, a defense that can can, can turn the football over, get you multiple opportunities, uh, a ferocious running game, and players on the outside that you can throw – you know, a four- or five-yard slant, they could take it 50 or 60. You could throw the 50-50 ball up to them. They make those plays, you know, and a good offensive line that can protect. So I think paired in the right system, like any other team, depending on who your quarterback is, um, you got to cater to what your quarterback's, you know, level is. Aaron Rodgers may be a little bit different, you know. Um, Russell hasn't, hasn't had – great protection, you know, all his whole career. But he can move the pocket and do different things with his legs, and he can create a little bit differently. So I think the, the situation is different for different quarterbacks. The system he is, he's in now, and what they put around him is perfect for Ryan Tannehill. Willie McGinnis, our guest here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, before we let you go, just one question. Give us a inside funny story of Rabes, man, when you guys played, man. Man, listen, Brave got me in some trouble before, man, where he did, he did, Brave, Brave was dirty. 
I'm not going to say what he did, but Rabe is dirty. He's my brother, and I love him. And you know how it is, man. You know how it is, guys, when you, you, your brother get in some trouble. You, uh -huh. go, you go down with him. You, you, you're right there with him. You talk about what he did later. Oh, you know, okay. One day, we, you know, we was at a Jets game, and Ray did some dirty stuff. I mean, you know, we had to convoy it to the bus because they was waiting on us. You know? <laughs> and and, and, and kind of put that fire out. But uh, hell of a teammate. He was smart, very competitive. Um, he knew how to get in players' heads. Yeah. You know, I can say that. He talked about, you know, some domestic. He talked about your license being revoked. Whatever it took to win or get somebody head, Brady knew it and took advantage of it. I'll just say that. Cool, cool. <laughs> man, well, I appreciate it, Big Will, man, taking the time out, man, to come on the Blaine and Mickey show, man. God bless and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Hey, man, you guys, uh, I appreciate you having me and good luck. Thank you, man. Thank you, Willie McGinnis, a fantastic football player. And he, like Blaine said, they crush it on uh, NFL Network yeah. at Willie McGinnis. You can follow him there and uh, keep up with all the latest. Man, he was a good player. A great interview as well. We got a whole nother hour of the show coming up. Doug Matthews in the next hour. All the latest on Tennessee, including they lost a wide receiver uh, who transferred to Texas. We'll get into that. Headlines next, including give the Titans health report. You're going to like it. Blaine and Mickey.